This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Bananas Minisode. Hi, Scotty. Hi, that's Kurt Brownoller. That's Scotty Landis. Do you remember briefly, Kurt, you were when you were first starting in stand-up, I think at one point you were considering changing your last name to make it an easier last name. Do you yeah. remember that? Like a stage name or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, all the, the, all the ideas. I honestly did. I, I honestly wished, wished. Like later in my career, I wish that I had changed it. I think it would have just helped. In the in the moment, the reason I didn't was because I thought it was somehow disingenuous yeah, um, to change my name. But all the name ideas I had were so dumb that I'm happy yeah. I didn't. They were K Pickles, yeah, uh, <laughs> Ken, uh, Kentucky Brown Horse. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I thought of one. I thought of one. I like that. Like yesterday, oh, which cool. I think would have been great. Which is Burt Bridges. <laughs> yes, Burt Bridges. You'd be huge. You would Burt be Bridges Madison would Square be Garden. Huge. Yeah, I just couldn't stand being called Burt though, and Kurt Bridges just doesn't work so well. No, um, but Burt Bridges is a great name. It's quick. It's it's incredible what a name can do, and yeah. I tell people that all the time. I, I, around that era, pitched you a sincere pitch that I think you thought I was being mean, and I had pitched you Kurt Butt, B-U-T-T, <laughs> because I'm like, nobody, if you yeah. went, who's on the show tonight at Rafifi? They go, oh, it was Eugene Merman, Kurt Butt. Like, I felt like it was one I of those know, things that's such where... such a good idea. It, yeah. But you, I think you thought I was teasing you, but I also think it's because you were so new to stand-up that you just wanted to get it right. Yeah, but, that is the that is that idea where it's like I like cause I, Kurt, Kurt Butt is such a punk name. Yeah. Fucking great, you know what I mean? <laughs> it reminds me of like Kurt Vile or something yes, like that. You exactly. Know? Kurt Butt would have been great, but I wasn't. I like even though I loved punk rock growing up and still do. When I started doing stand-up, I was just like, well, stand-up's not punk, so I'm not going to like... I never applied the like punk ethos to right. my stand-up career, weirdly, until like recently. Um, and like, and it's, I think I, it was a missed opportunity. Like, it's I just okay. didn't... Yeah, the, I tried to get things right. And there is no getting things right no. in comedy or in any creative endeavor. Like, if you're yeah. trying to do something right, that don't, don't. Do it just the way you want to do it. Yeah, I agree. That would have been fucking great. It's funny because I always look back and I felt bad at that moment because I really felt like you thought I was teasing you or something, and I was, and I wanted to be like, I really think people will remember that name, like, yeah. 
Um, and it like fits with my name. Like Brown Oler is is a butt, you know. Yeah, and it's like owning it. Um, I've been going as a kid. People call me Scotty. Some people still call me Scott. My parents go either way. Uh, But by the time I got to New York uh, and got to the point where people were introducing me, including you and Kristen and Shanali and that whole crew, everybody introduced me as Scotty. And it was great. So were you Scotty growing up? Some to some people, like oh, interesting. not to everybody, but enough where, like on when I played sports as a kid and stuff like that, a lot of my teammates would call me Scotty. It's a nickname, really, but now it's basically my real name. Yeah. But the moment I decided <clears throat> to stick with it and to introduce myself that way was, I used to flip bikes. I think we talked about it on the podcast. I used to buy used bikes off of Craigslist, right. tune them up, take better pictures, and sell them for a little bit more money, and flip them all around the city. Because a lot of people had a college bike and they moved to New York with the aspiration that they're going to ride all the time. And then you're like, I have a very small apartment. I wish this thing was out of here. Yeah. So there was this one bike that was 75 bucks, but I knew it was like a $600 bicycle. Like I knew it was a very nice bike. Upper West Side. So this was going to be a commitment coming from Brooklyn on the subway. So I email the the young woman and I say, hey, I'll give you $100 and I'll come right now. I'll give it to you cash. Didn't hear anything for the rest of the day. The girlfriend I had at the time, we're hanging out, and I get the email back. It's like, yeah, come get it tonight. I'm home at 7. So we go up there, and when I'm doing the test ride on it, uh, my girlfriend's standing there with this similarly aged woman, and she's like, you know why I – she's like, I got like 500 Craigslist responses. And my girlfriend was like, really? And she goes, and I picked him because Scotty sounds like a nice name. It sounds like a nice person. Like, I knew I wasn't going to be in danger giving it to a Scotty. And she's like, that's so weird. <laughs> so I came back, and then she told me that on the train ride back with the bike that she I had bought. And it stuck with me. It's like, yeah, there are certain names that imply, like, danger, like serial killerness. Like, you don't hang out with Wayne's. You don't hang out with, <laughs> with Ted's. Uh, yeah, Seth. You got to be careful when you're around a Seth if there's sharp objects in the room. But <laughs> she was like Scotty out of everybody. I just saw he signed at that, and I was like, "Yeah, Scotty, sure, I'll sell to him." So I just felt like it was a choice to be friendly. That's great. And so then you registered with WGA as Scotty yeah. Landis. Yeah, yeah, for Mega Drive, my first MTV show, and when it was on screen, it was Scotty, and the rest is cinematic history. history. Here we yeah. go with this first one from Jessica L. Sounds good to me. Uh, This was sent recently. Hey, Banana Boys, I have a few crazy stories about my grandfather I thought you'd enjoy. If this makes it to the podcast, feel free to cut any of it if it's too long. Okay. During World War II, my grandfather was an engineering student at Notre Dame, and after he graduated, he was shipped off to D.C. and was immediately put to work developing sonar for the U.S. Wow. He was the strongest swimmer in his team, so when the time came to test the sonar they were developing, they rode my grandfather out into open water, threw him overboard, and then tried (laughs) to find him. From the shore. <laughs> they did this multiple times, testing just how far away and reliably he could be detected. This, for some reason, prompted no follow up questions when he was telling eight year old me. I guess I thought that was how jobs worked. Oh my After God. DC, my grandfather then worked for NASA. He helped design the propulsion engines to get rockets into space, and he was also a quality control checker. He was known to be extremely meticulous and a, plan, okay. and a pain in the butt to the higher ups who wanted the rockets to pass inspection as quickly as possible. His favorite story to tell was how he found a faulty part that cost $2.50, but if he hadn't caught and replaced it, it would have costed the unmanned rocket hundreds of millions of dollars to cause the 
caused the hundreds of millions of dollars to blow up on the launch pad. His bosses surely appreciate his eye for detail that day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Here's, and here's the kicker. Uh, my aunt and uncle all remember my grandfather getting into regular arguments with his father-in-law, my great-grandfather, who, after watching the moon landing, adamantly uh-huh. declared that it was a fake, <laughs> no matter how much my grandfather <laughs> insisted it was real. And you know what his job was. My great-grandfather never believed him. My Why? grandfather may not be with us anymore, but the many satellites he helped launch into space are the next time you use GPS on your phone. Tip your wow. to my grandfather and the many NASA engineers that made GPS possible. Bananas. Thank you, Jessica. What an interesting family a, member. Wow. I know. I love an interesting family. I have one. I have, a, I have such a big family, but I really have one super interesting uh, uh, relative. Yes. And he is, it's not by blood. It is by marriage. He's my uncle. Okay. Uncle Clyde. He great was. Name. Oh, great name. Uh, he, and he's such an interesting dude, too. He has like, I think he grew up in New Hampshire, but yeah. has like an old school New England accent that no longer exists. Like you Brahmin, know, like, like a type of old weird. Like a, like a, like a, like a, like a sea shanty of a <laughs> mouth. Do you know what right. I mean? Like it just yes. sounds like he's rowing a boat the entire time he's talking to you <laughs> in a stormy sea. And he, um, he was a marine biologist. And the uh-huh. reason that I wanted to be a marine biologist as a child, he was head. This, he's so fascinating. He was the head of the Smithsonian's squid department. So he spent his yes. entire career yes. chasing after giant, the giant squid. squid. Yes. And so in, in, in the Smithsonian, if you've ever been there, mm-hmm. they used to have a big exhibit of, of, a, of a dead giant squid. I remember this so vividly because yes. when you grow up where we grew up, we went to D.C. every single year for a field trip my entire yeah. life. And I remember in the Natural History Smithsonian, the giant squid. I remember that so, and it's disgusting. But yeah, it's go disgusting, on. Sorry it was like all off. like deflated and yeah, yes. looking. Um, and so he spent his entire life. That was his goal to capture a giant squid alive, and not like get like yeah, in a fishing like, to net, have right? It, like take a photograph of it, right. like, a Video of it. So his entire he's invented different technology to try and get a uh, giant squid on camera. Uh, he one thing, and they did a whole like um, National Geographic ab- about this is that they would put cameras because they f- they f- like um, blue whales or sperm whales eat uh, giant squid or fight sperm. them for some reason. Sperm, sperm do, yeah. yeah. They always have big suction. They always say dinner size plate suction cup marks. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they would literally put a camera into the blubber of them as they would dive, and so Seems they got chill. all this amazing footage. But no giant squid. Wow. Uh, and he went on. And his entire career was like getting new funding and then going out uh, to try and look for a giant squid for like two weeks. And, yeah. then if, and then he would fail. But he would learn some other stuff about some other you know, feeding habits of some other type of squid or something else. And <laughs> right. that would like, he'd write right. a paper about it. And then right. he would go and try and get more funding <laughs> to try and find the giant squid. His entire oh. career. And then he retires. Uh-huh. And the year he retires. Here it comes. A bunch of Japanese scientists get the giant squid oh, on yeah. camera. Oh, yeah. And it's, can you imagine that? It's literally no. like his white whale. Do you know what I mean? Like, it yeah. is, he is Moby Dick. And it's the year that he retires that it is discovered. And of course, he was just super psyched. Yes. He's been thinking about this thing his entire fucking career. Yes. To finally That's see cool. it. 
Isn't that amazing? That is amazing, and I could see why Uncle Clyde would have been your favorite uncle, because that's a, you know, you want... You want your uncles to have those kind of jobs. That's yes. like the best case scenario is you have those fun uncles that have seen it all and done it all. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I do love in the in uh, Jessica, I think it was her story. Yeah. I love that they would throw him overboard. Yes. And then the second story, she said that he was known as meticulous and a pain in the ass. And I'm like, I think those two things are connected. I don't think the strongest <laughs> swimmer is the main detail. I think they're like, oh, I wonder who this should be. The guy that was like, actually, the and you're like, toss his ass overboard. Uh, that's so uh, funny. That's cool. And just, we all wanted to be marine biologists or we aquarium all. dolphin trainers. Yes. We all did. Uh, just a, a PSA to our bananas. <clears throat> if you're one of those people who thinks they can do a really authentic dolphin sound, great, but don't ever do it again. It's uh, it's really fun for the people who do it, but for all of us who have to listen to it, you kind of it, it's very depressing. So get uh, together you know with what? friends, do dolphin I, sounds. I agree 100. percent Thank you. Uh, and but for a different reason is that my daughter. Oh boy is recently in this past thank god everything changes about children but for a good month and two months she was a baby dolphin every day she would only talk to me in squeals and whistles <laughs> it's, and it's not and, fun and the only way it would stop is if i had if we adopted we had to walk through these very specific steps where i had to refer to lauren my wife as molly and i was gill and uh, we would have okay. to be like taking a walk and then discover this baby <laughs> dolphin who would only talk to us in squeaks. And then we have to adopt the baby dolphin only using dolphin right. language. So I had to talk to her and, Ugh. you know, negotiating an adoption is difficult in, in dolphin speak. Oh, so. it must be. They're very smart. I'm done. I'm done with dolphin speak. Give me another one, Scotty. You got it. Sorry to the dolphin sounders out there, but just do it on your own. Do it for you. The rest of us smile, but we die inside. Uh, here we go. This one was sent to our DMs uh, on the Bananas podcast okay. on Instagram. You've heard of it. People use it. Um, from Rebecca X. Johnson, who is a Brit, and she sent a very interesting story. All right. I was working a night shift in our small law firm building. All of our day staff members had gone home, leaving just a handful of us around for the evening. Around 10 p.m., one of my colleagues from the day shift, who works in the office next door, let's call him John. You know it's going to be good when we we have a pseudonym. Yep. We're going to call him John. Pops back in to uh, the office to collect some things he had forgotten to take home with him earlier that day. I left with him. Uh, oh, I left him to it. Excuse me, and carried on with my work. About an hour has passed, and my other office buddy and I were walking down the corridor to make some coffee when we heard a loud humming noise coming from the pitch black office next door to ours. Concerned about the noise, we decided to go in and check <laughs> check if everything was okay. We entered the office and turned on the light, and to our horror slash delight. There was John, a 63-year-old adult male, seated in the corner of the office with his pants off and his dick in the work vacuum cleaner. <laughs> oh. oh, Kurt, can you imagine this? He had... Hot. Here, this, this adds a wrinkle. Get ready for a wrinkle. Um, he had his phone out 
and he was filming the act, which we later found out was a video treat for his wife. What? Yeah. Hold on. I got to... Got to find the other version. There's one. There's oh my, oh two. My God, I'm so excited was that was the was the vacuum cleaner on? And what was the humming? Was he also humming? The vacuum cleaner was on. He was fucking vacuum cleaner. Sucking my dick good. <laughs> I don't know. But so he later found out. Yeah, so the vacuum cleaner was on. To okay, so your that may be the noise, that the humming they heard. Yeah, the vacuum they heard uh, the okay. sound so he of a vacuum humming. cleaner in right. what was supposed to be an empty office. Maybe he was also humming along. This man, John, has, uh, <laughs> has a personality. Uh, yeah, he had his phone out filming the act, which we later found out was a video, for, video treat for his wife. He was politely asked to remove his penis from the vacuum, pull up his pants, and vacate the building immediately. Yes, I guess so. <laughs> a few days later, <laughs> we received an email from John reading, quote, Dear all concerned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. What a I mean, bold... that's a lot of people at this point, John. All right? Yes, now that this, a... Once this podcast goes out, we are all concerned. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have been feeling very stressed as of late under the current circumstances, but I did not go about solving the problem in a correct manner. <laughs> is this recently? Is this during? Is this this was two weeks ago. She sent us this two weeks ago. This just happened. This happened. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, two weeks ago, you know, start the new year off right. Um, yeah. Self help. Feel good. Uh, but I did not go about solving the problem in a correct manner. Please accept my apology. End of email. Sure. Blame the pandemic for the urge to <laughs> fuck a vacuum. Uh, this is the same man. Now, this is when, see, I love that story. That would have been a great end to the story. But Rebecca yeah. X. Johnson, a true bananimal. At gave gave us a detail to share to just paint a little mm. picture. We, we're all mm. picturing Thank John sixty three, yeah, doing what he's got to do with the Dyson. Um, this is the same man who came ziplining with all of us <laughs> on a team building activity <laughs> and got his balls tangled up in the harness so bad <laughs> he ended up in a harness. Uh, excuse me, got it. Uh, got the harness and ended up in the hospital with a twisted testicle that ended up the size oh, of a no. bowling ball. No, I guess no, this no. life is not for everyone. Love the podcast, Rebecca. Thank you, oh. Rebecca. <laughs> Rebecca, that is amazing. John, you scoundrel, you pervert, you pervert, John. I mean, what's weird? It just is. It's about the the thing. Like, there's so many questions, but yes. The fact that he was like, well, there's people here in the office. Bit bad I'm idea. St I'm still going to do it. Illegal. A, B, like it's, is it, you could buy that vacuum and bring it home. Like yes. If this was your thing, have it at home. Yes. For, it's so, it's so great. And what is, what is it for his, for his wife? Right. Which I don't buy that I detail, buy but that. maybe that is, I don't know, maybe there's an office fetish kink thing maybe it's a humiliation thing maybe there's something legitimate between this older couple but uh -huh. it feels like that uh, i mean that feels like a deflection to me that feels like yeah. he's trying to normalize something that's criminal but uh yeah this guy goes hard he gets his nuts twisted zip lining he's a <laughs> he, he i mean i guess they maybe uh, what fired if him connected? do you know yeah what if, what if they're connected that he 
Like he somehow injured his dick, and the only way he gets off now is through the suction of a vacuum cleaner. Like that's also like the crazy. Yeah, it's like a it's a it's like a cartoon level of an idea of yes. a sexual act. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like no one can actually believe that a like sure there's the word suck in both of them, but. <laughs> definitely is not would not be pleasant it wouldn't be fun that and it's snow awful and you're in public you're or you're at a workspace Slight with other people public. that's yeah, yeah. the like, thing that's so bad about it it's like if you want to buy a vacuum and go to town on it you yeah. got it right it's a free country last time i, I would recommend a dyson though because they got a lot of suction <laughs> yeah. very powerful like get a shitty yeah. hoover do you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> I went to this summer camp. I've never talked about this on the podcast, but I, I went two summers in a row, I think for only about 10 days a summer. It's called Camp Poo Talk. And uh, it's uh, camp, incredible. Camp Poo Talk? Poo Talk, P U H apostrophe T O K. Um, uh, the stories that I could tell in those 20 days when I was 11 and then the next summer I was 12. I, I mean, really was talking about Poo Talk. Yeah, it's a. Uh, <laughs> I could have my own podcast, and people. It's in Moncton, which is a kind of a small, older Your name's sort of. Keith getting better. I know, and um, the second year I went, I was eleven or twelve. I was always a year young because I was born in September, so I was pushed forward instead of held back. So there were kids hitting puberty, and. You know, there were the kid, the guys that had armpit hair, and then there were still pipsqueaks like me that are like, I'm just happy to hang out. So <laughs> the second summer, there's this kid named, well, we called him Froggy because his voice was like this. He was like straight <laughs> out of a Disney movie. And he was one of those people in life that was a, nat- he was a natural outsider, and he somehow made it worse for himself. You would try to be nice to him, and then you would trip over a tent post and land on the campfire he choked on a hot dog at a hot dog roast. Like the kid, just, like he literally had to get Heimlicked, and then he was like, "Wow, that was great!" Like it, he's just one of those people in life, Rocky. So m- almost all of the counselors, there was a horse camp, was a component. We slept in teepees that we had to put up, and then if you paid extra money, you, you had horse camp where you would ride horses in the woods and tack them and learn how to saddle them. Blah blah blah. And I don't know if it's Native American or Indigenous persons or i'm gonna go with indigenous persons most of the camp had uh we had some navajo and we had some i forget the other tribes but we had basically had native american indigenous person camp counselors and there was one that was really funny and he was in charge of horse camp and he was like the cool guy like he never did anything creepy like give anybody cigarettes or anything like that but he was just cool and we really liked him and frog used to go to horse camp and one day I see that cool camp counselor and he's like white as a ghost and he's like shaking his head. And I was like, hey, what's up? You know, I'm just a kid just likes to old, know an older person. And he's like, are you in teepee encampment? I'm like, yeah, I'm in teepee encampment. He's like, man, I'm all, I won't say his real name, but he said his real name. But he's like, froggy, man. Oh, I just caught him tickling the horse's penis. And I was like, what? He was like, yeah, I was like working on another horse. I look over and he like looked over both his shoulders and then just went under and just tickled his penis real quick. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, don't tell anybody. And I was like, well, and I didn't. Uh, To my credit, even though being a little guy, I never told it. Well, because... I mean, that's like a death wish. If like everybody was already making fun of this kid for just sounding like a frog and... He had fake Timberland boots that were just called Tim's with an apostrophe S. Like, he just yes, was. Thank you. 
he just was going to get it. it but I've never, but the, the camp counselor was like shook, like so <laughs> shook. Like I felt like he needed a, a, a whiskey and a cigarette to get over this thing. He, I guarantee he never came back for another summer. So Froggy. Uh, Froggy's a future John. Yeah. <laughs> we did it again. We did it again. Thank you guys for listening. That's Scotty. That's Curdy B. Bananas. Bananas. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on Bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com.